world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I don't know if you can tell, but I got my ears lifted. Huh? My ears lifted a little bit. I thank God for the pandemic. I don't know how much money it saved me. How often do you guys get a haircut? Every month, every six weeks, ever since the pandemic started, my daughter cut my hair. So I've been I've been rolling in dough. About a hundred bucks a year, I think. Of six, how long have we been doing this pandemic? Three years, three hundred bucks richer today. How about that? Hey, Bernie Davis got a grand brand new grandson yesterday. As a Zion, congratulations. Uh, they're Bernie, and uh, we had a, um, our son, Zach, our son, Zach, had a revealing, yeah, he's having a baby, having another baby, and we found out last night we're having another little girl. Not that we don't love little girls, but we got a, <laughs> got a six-pack of those, eight-pack of them we got, got. so uh, another little, another little Dobby coming into the world, and uh, I, I don't, I love boys and girls, doesn't matter, but man, you know, we had, my dad had uh, four sons. And the four sons have been really, really good at turn out girls. We keep that Dobbenmeyer name going down through there. So I don't, I don't know what we're going to do about that. Man, I got, oh man, I got a million things going on. There's a million things going on in the world. I want to, if if I can, real quickly, Spencer. I want to, I want to open up this morning by um, click on number one for me. Spence, is it Spence? Yeah, it's Spencer. Uh, Scroll on down. A good old buddy of mine. Uh, scroll down a bit, Spence. Right there. An old guy right there. I don't know if he can make any larger. Kelly Conway. Uh, Kelly Conway went home to be with the Lord yesterday about 1.30. And uh, doesn't mean anything to you guys. But Kelly was one of the most unbelievable, fearless, unrelenting patriots I've ever, I've ever known. And... Uh, I jokingly said that uh, he had more lives than a cat, than a cat. Nine lives, cats have nine lives. There were so many times, Kelly had a bad heart. And they'd fly, they'd get him up to Cleveland Clinic, they'd keep him for a couple of days, and they'd send him back home. And this last time when they when they sent Kelly up there, uh, the prognosis really wasn't very good, and they sent him back home for some hospice, and then he started to rally again, and, and uh he, he didn't make it, he didn't make it over the hill this this time or he didn't make it over the hill I guess depending on how you do it Kelly for years ran uh, the Patriots I, I don't know the exact name of it. maybe Betty can help me out God and country Patriots America's God and country Americans for God and country down in St Clairsville Ohio which is where Betty lives on the uh, almost a wheeling almost a wheeling West Virginia and he was Guys, that guy was faithful. That guy was faithful and unflinching and organizing the meetings and keeping people coming to the meetings and, and uh, making sure patriotism stayed alive. By the way, God, God, not patriotism, God, God and country. And, uh, you know, you have, you have mixed feelings about a guy like Kelly when he, when he uh, crosses over the finish line. You don't want him to be gone, but, you know, he was, man, he was, he was really fighting hard. He was really fighting hard to stay alive. His wife, Claudine. And you look back over his life and all of our lives, really. Our lives are, they're all lined with tragedies at some point, aren't they? You look back over your life, a lot, of, a lot of hard things, hard knocks. A lot of things happen to you. You know, there's somebody said that they say in the end, uh, your life is a wink of an eye. It's here and then it's gone. It's a vapor. The Bible says vapor, and then it's gone. And I know Kelly. Uh, you know, we had a discussion about do you go to heaven or what? You know what? Uh, wherever Jesus is, Kelly Conway is there today. And just 
Who's on to you, Kelly? Somebody said, who's going to pick up the ball for Kelly? Who, who the heck is going to do what he has done over the years? And I, I, <laughs> It's like losing Woody Hayes. I don't know. So God bless Kelly. Miss you, Kelly. Thanks for all you did. Claudine, we're praying for you, of course. Amen. Hey, get our calendar up there real quick. I just want to make sure I mention Kelly today. Uh, he's a good old boy, man. He's a good old boy. A lot of stuff going on. Hey, Betty, how are we looking down there? How are we looking down there this weekend, Betty? We're doing good. I think I got like 20 people on my list. I don't know, I don't know how many is on the register. And um, I'm getting it all ready. My house is okay. actually clean. <laughs> Betty, you, you need to know who's – you don't know who all's registered on our list. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll get a hold of Gary, and I'll get I'll make sure Gary gets that to you today, folks. If you're going to be there, man, it starts Friday night at five, and it uh, goes all day Saturday as well. All right. And so, I want to say Neil Peterson. He won't be able to make it, but I've been yep. kind of talking to Tom Tom Dunn. He may just stop by Saturday. You never know. Hey, folks, listen. It's about fellowship anyway. It's always about fellowship, and we really are at the point where we need uh, man. Oh, man, we need. And the multitude of many counselors is great wisdom. I'm going to talk about some of that here this morning. And so the Bible tells us in, Matt, in uh, Hebrews 10, 24, let us forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. But uh, uh, even more as we see that day approaching. So we need to, we need to, need to fellowship. And then on Sunday, 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, come on, men. Come on, men. Come on, now come out, come out wherever you are. We're having a huddle at, uh, at Sky High. And again, we're not expecting some of you guys from out of state to come. This is more a central Ohio thing. We'd love you to come and join us. We're going to have some food and some fellowship. We'll sit around the fire and cook some hot dogs. And uh, if you're going to come, please let please let us know. Just let us know so we get some idea. We've got enough wieners and maybe that kind of stuff. There's a contact there, Dennis Fashball. Just just text Dennis. Let him know, hey, we're coming there. And again, the admission price is you got to bring somebody with you. All right. Well, you don't have to bring somebody. Come on, all right? Bring somebody with you. We'll try to build a little bit of fellowship on there. Uh, uh, next thing, I don't know, Dennis, anything to add to that or all? Next one is, wow, Bobby Lee's got one going, Kentucky Salt and Light Brigade Huddle, the 26th. That's two weeks out. Uh, Bobby needs, like everything else, some registrations there. Let Get in there, sign up if you're going to come. The Wisconsin Salt and Light Brigade Huddle, that's September 9, 10, and 11. Got some good stuff going on. Jump in there. Be part of it. Cool. I want to show off a minute if I can. Um, Spencer, go to the go to pond video. Go to pond video. Folks, those of you who've been to Sky High, this is from taken from the deck at Sky High. Now, if you remember where that earth mover is off there to your right, at far I, three o'clock on your on your picture. There was a big thicket, just a big thicket of trees there. Just that, that, I don't know what the heck they were even there for. I thought maybe there were some farm implements or something hidden in there. We're getting ready to build the pond. That's what's, what's, what's going on. So look at that. He came in there and cleaned all that stuff out, put it in a big pile. There really wasn't anything in there. I don't know, don't know what it was all about, but I got about a football field more dirt we have access to that we're going to use to uh, good, good work. Look how he did. Look how he took that great big thing in there and just – Took big clunches and pulled that stuff out. It was, a, it was an amazing thing to watch. It was amazing. And he'll be back there today, and we're going to have us a pond going on down there before too much longer. He came in, dug a few holes, wanted to make sure it wasn't a dry hole, and it, it wasn't a dry hole. So it's all good, all good. So I uh, want to make sure you keep, keep you aware of all that that's going on. Uh, what else, what else, what else, what else? Uh, Tracy, you got your hand up. Go on in here real quick. No? Yes, Teresa? It must be a no. I want to show you this. Another good thing going on. Neil Peterson. Many of you know uh, Neil Peterson. He's running for governor. He's a pastor, pastor friend of ours. Good guy. Running for governor of the state of Ohio as an independent. And, of course, you know what happened, right? Neil turns in all of his uh, signatures, 5,000 that he had to have. He turned in almost 7,000. And wouldn't you know it, why he doesn't have enough of them. Wouldn't you know it, 
not enough valid signatures. So Neo has filed a suit with the Ohio Supreme Court and he wants the Ohio Supreme Court to order Secretary Frank LaRose to put him on the ballot. Folks, look at this. Scroll down a little bit. I'm not going to read all of this, but this is something you certainly could be in prayer about. Uh, let's see. Right there, right there. Second paragraph. Well, let's do the first paragraph. Neil Peterson, an independent candidate, 2022 gubernatorial race, filed a thing at the Supreme Court demanding Secretary of State Frank LaRose add him and his lieutenant governor to the November 8 general election ballot. Peterson and Stewart were not certified for the race when LaRose's office failed to cam- failed, ruled the campaign, failed to collect the required 5,000 signatures. Folks, listen to this. If you want to run as a gov- to governor in Ohio, you need 5,000 signatures to do it, unless you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, you can get on the ballot with 1,000 signatures. Neil has to have 5,000 valid signatures. Unbelievable, the shenanigans that's been going on. So one of the things that Neil's doing is he's challenging that law right there. That cannot be legal, friends, that an independent candidate needs five times the number of signatures to get on as a Republican and Democrat. If we can't see the controlled, this government control, if, if we can't see it, boy, it's, it's being exposed to us every day. So go ahead and, uh, if you can, uh, say a little prayer for Neil that we, we make that thing happen, all right? Cool. What else, Coach? What else? Uh, let's go. Been following Alex Jones, folks. I got to show you this. I sent you a standalone email, I think, Spence, on Alex Jones. You know, he had just had his judge. Did you guys did you guys see this? You know, Alex Jones is on trial in, in, uh, for, uh, for calling Sandy Hook a hoax. Now, look, you better, listen, listen. This is not about Sandy Hook. This is not about $49.3 million that they've ordered Alex Jones to pay to the parents who, for whatever reason, Alex said it was a hoax, yada, 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 yada. By the way, reporting the news, Alex Jones reporting the news from his perspective. I wonder if anybody's going to have to pay $49.3 million for the lies about the Russia gate. Do you think they're going to have to pay $49.3 million? Anybody think that's going to happen? Anybody think they're going to have to pay $49.3 million about the lies about COVID? Anybody think that's going to happen? Anybody going to be sitting in front of a judge for that? No, no, no. So, folks, what you're seeing here is a is a purposeful attempt to silence any opposition that does not line up with the uh, government narrative. Scroll down a little bit, Spence. Are you guys are you guys sitting down? Are you sitting down? There's his judge. Now the judge Jesse Lewis. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I got that all wrong. I knew that wasn't her name. Anyway, scroll down. This is this is Alex Judge, who actually acted as a prosecutor throughout the whole trial. Scroll down, Spence. Did you guys know this about her? There's Alex. Go on, one more, one more picture. One. There she is. That is Alex Jones's judge, folks. See what's happening to us. They make up. Alex Jones is the most vociferous agent on the right. They call him an agent provocateur. Call him whatever you want to. Alex Jones has been right about most of the stuff that he's been talking about. And now they're trying to break him, silence him. In fact, the next move coming is to criminalize speech that goes against the government. That's 1984. That's uh, what's the name of that other book? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's coming, folks. It's coming. Uh, I'm, attorney Mark Banks told Alex Jones that his attorney messed up. And sent Alex, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get into the particulars of it, folks. Brave new but, world. Uh, brave, thank you. Brave new world. We are going to see the criminalization of non-gov, no, no, of anti-government position speech. If the government says that you should take a vaccine and you begin to speak out against the vaccine, we're going to see that criminalized. You're going to see it coming up very, very soon. And you're also going to see that if you are a Christian and you speak out with Christian values and they determine that to be hate speech or speech that 
in, inflicts harm on someone, that's going to be criminalized as well. So what's going on with Alex Jones is really, really, really a big deal. Let's keep your eyes on, keep your eyes on that one. I'm going to open it up this morning. I, before I do, I want to thank uh, uh, Bob and Tammy are going to come down today. Bob, Bob Evans, Steve Deck, uh, Steve Deck gave pass us all the truck. It's been a real blessing to us. Okay, coach. And uh, the brakes are out of it. And Steve said to me, Coach, you better need to get those brakes repaired. I don't know anything about brakes right now. I don't get there. So what do you suppose? Bob Evans, Tammy, called me this week and said, hey, Bob's going to come down and put those brakes on for you. I'm telling you, man, what a team we have. What a team we have. We're going to need it, by the way. We're going to need it. So they'll be down here later on today. Come on in, uh, Brett, out there in Pennsylvania. How you doing, bud? Yeah, good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Hey, just the Alex Jones deal. Two days, the the original finding was $1.4 million. Two days later, all of a sudden, it went up to forty-five. Yeah. How does that work? How does that work? Uh, and, and by the way, how long ago was this? How long ago did this happen? And these people, uh, I better be careful what I say. <laughs> right? I'll be the next guy sitting in that chair. Uh, so you can't look. You can't question 911. You can't question... Uh, 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 down there, Waco. You can't question Waco. You can't question what happened in in Nevada. The, the shooting in La, uh, Las Vegas guy killed all those people. Lost. You can't question any government narrative, folks. That's where this is heading. No matter how much before you make a statement, which I try to try to cover myself by saying, in my opinion, in my opinion, because today you can still get away with in your opinion. But I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that. It, uh, they're desperate. The other side is desperate. Come on in, Paul. How are you doing today? <laughs> Couldn't be better. God bless you. Anyway, we, before the uh, you, you got on here, I was just on uh, Mike Heath Live um, in uh, Maine, with, uh, Maine. We're trying to do an offshoot of Coach Dave Live. And we were talking about how I – it's really wise to record your physician or nurse when you go to the hospital. And part of that was that offshoot of that uh, father whose son had myocarditis. I'm going to play that here in a minute, Paul. I'm going to play that. Fantastic is that in New Hampshire, which I consider a very conservative state, they were trying to pass a bill where it made it a felony to argue with your doctor. You know how I feel about that, Coach. I just want to stop pounding people into the pavement. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Paul, let, let, let pull this up. Pull up number four, uh, number five for me, Spencer. Paul, look at this. Tell me, it's not justice. I'm not smiling. Look, I'm not smiling. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. Look at this. Fourteen young Canadian doctors have died after getting the shot. Fourteen of them, folks. I'm not shedding any tears, Coach. I'm sorry. Maybe that's the devil in me, and I'll pray that it goes away, but I'm sorry. <laughs> a doctor friend in Canada heard about 14 deaths Canadian doctors over the last nine months. He's been in practice for 30 years. He's never heard of any such deaths before. Zero. Why is he now all of a sudden hearing so many deaths, and these deaths are all happening very soon after vaccination? We had a guy yesterday drop dead in the – they have a – Pelotonia, Pelotonia, I think it is. Bike race, boom, drops over 40, 20, 28, 24, 28 years old. Huh? The fact checkers assure us all this simply coincidence. The Canadian doctors continue to believe what they're told to believe. I predict the next shots will be even worse. Sadly, I don't think the Canadian doctors are even going to figure this out. So this is a whole thing on all these people that are dropping dead. And uh, I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you, this is so wicked that the only thing <clears> – <throat> What did they do to Jesus Christ? They had to silence his voice. What did they do to John the Baptist? They had to silence his voice. Folks, they committed no crimes. Jesus Christ committed no crimes. Go through the, go through the book of Acts and follow down through the book of Acts. Those guys didn't. They didn't commit any crimes. They merely spoke out against the established position of whatever we would call the government at that time, whether it be the religious institutions, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, whether it be the Jesus did not pick a fight with Rome. He did not come out against the Romans. He picked because, listen, 
Jesus told Pontius Pilate when he stood right in front of him, you have no authority over me unless it had been given to you from on the high. In other words, Jesus Christ said to the governmental officials, dude, I serve a different king. I serve a different king. And my king is the uh, is part of this religious institution called the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin. That's who has authority. That's whose authority I'm under because they're under the authority of my father. Now, I happen to live here in Rome, and you guys are the government, but you have no authority over me. Why, why can't we, folks, why can't we pick this up and understand? Why can't we understand that Jesus Christ himself got in trouble because he rebelled against the governmental system over him? It wasn't the Romans. That's what he said to Pontius. Folks, the, the uh, king was a Caiaphas. When he stood before Caiaphas, one of the other uh, judges came to him and said, Sir, we have no law to put a man to death. We don't have a law to put a man to death. What are we going to do? And they said, Well, let's take him to Pilate. <laughs> let's take him to Pilate. They even knew he wasn't under Pilate's authority, folks. So when people tell you that Jesus didn't get involved in politics, they are flat-faced lying to you. He was was involved in the politics of the church, the politics of the church. And then what happened to Paul and all the martyrs that we read about in in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, they got in trouble because they questioned the government. Listen, folks, the devil owns the government, man. I'm just telling you. They tell us we're government of the people, by the people, and for the people. But you, you know that's not true. You know that's not true. This is what we're dealing with. And I want you to know it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Did you guys see this? Was it 80,000 new IRS IRS agents? They want to hire 80,000 more IRS agents. Do you know that they've printed more money? Are you sitting down? I should have saved this one. They've printed more money in the last two years. Our American government has printed More dollar bills than all the money up till now. In other words, you go back to 2020, and back when we started printing money back in the 19, was it 1918, when the Fed started in 1916, take all that money they printed, and we more than doubled it in the last two years. Did you guys know that? And see, inflation doesn't mean prices are going up. Inflation means it takes more dollars to buy something. Gas prices haven't gone up. The value of the dollar has gone down. Why is the value of the dollar going down? Because they've printed phony money. Houses aren't more expensive. The dollar has less value. This is so simple for us to understand. So now what do they do? They print phony money, give you a bunch of phony money, and then send IRS agents out to get money from you because you're making so much. Oh, my goodness, folks, what a wicked, wicked wicked system. Gold and silver is the only recognized currency. And our and our government violated the law when they went away from it. Now what are we going to do about it? Those are one of those are some of the things. Folks, if they can see if they can print the money, if they can digitize the money. Well you got you got you got <laughs> they got you man. They got you. So this is what we're dealing with. You do understand. My daughter went out on the bar, our boat yesterday. You guys know we have a little pontoon boat. She took, they went out on it yesterday. I was about out of gas. I said, Abby, you got to get some gas. You're going to get stuck out in the middle of the lake. So she went out. She said, Dad, I can only get 10 gallons. So that's okay. She said it was $7 a gallon. $7 a gallon for gasoline in the boat. Now, folks, do we think gasoline in the boat's that more, much more expensive now? Oh, the dollar ain't worth anything. The dollar isn't. So we look around and we, and we try to say, right, try to be frugal, try to save. Try to say, where do I put my money? You put it in the bank. You don't even know it in the bank. I'm not, I'm not an expert on it, but I'm, I'm starting to figure this whole thing out. Angie, come on in. I'm all over the place today. Bear with me. You are all over the place today. Uh, yeah, it was Nixon that took us off the gold standard, by the way. That's just a, the, just a reminder yep. for everybody. Good old Republican, yep. I did want to talk about the young the young man that was uh, that died in Pelotonia this weekend. His uh, his he was a med student at OSU, twenty seven years old. I don't know if he took the jab, but he was an Ohio State University medical student, so most likely yes. 
Um, and his family, his mom especially, I know her very well. She lives in my community. Literally, she's my neighbor mm. right up the road. Wow. So I would just ask you to pray for the Fisher family because that is a very tragic event for them. I do feel horrible for them for whatever, mm. for whatever you know, side issues they have with, you know, taking the jab and being, you know, accountable to your government, et cetera. Um, this is truly a family that's lost their son, and it is, it's really hit hope close to home this weekend. So we were, if you'll just say a prayer hey, Angie, for the Fisher family, that would be awesome. That is a great, that yeah. is a great uh, point, Angie. L- listen, folks. All, everybody that we so cavalierly talk about, this guy died and that guy died and this, this guy got this and that guy. These, these people are all family. They're all connected to people, you know? And so it's, I have to be careful. We all have to be careful. It's coming off cavalierly and saying, well, another guy died when in fact um, he's yeah. a family, right? He had a life just like... My friend Margaret and I were talking last night because, you know, she's a nurse out at Ohio State University. And we were talking. She's like, you know, we tried to warn these people two years ago, don't do this. There's not right. enough to, we don't have enough studies on this. We don't know. I mean, we were, you know, she said, and we were always, you know, she and I, because we're the nurses, right, in the hills. Um, she and I were literally, people were chastising us where you should get mad. You're idiots if you don't get it, blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, th- I mean, that's, it is what it is. But in the end, you know, somebody's lost their loved ones, and we've tried to warn people, don't That's do right. this. And people are losing That's their right. loved ones all over the place. And it is heartbreaking, you know what I mean? And it, it is sad. The nurse in me, I, I, I've always been one of those people. Like, my nursing has always been my ministry. And my 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 uh, whole goal has always been to save lives and make life better or to help people through the death process. And, and it's, you know, it's never been, you know, one of these, you know, I like call them nurse ratchets, that just go around, you know, doing their job because it's a job. It's always been personal for me. It's always been an industry to me. Yeah, so it I should be personal. You're breaking up this. You're breaking up there, Angie. It should be personal to us. That's a point that Dr. Gosling makes all the time. It's not personal to the docs. It's not, it's not personal. It has to be less. Bless you, bless you, Angie. Come on in, Neil, or uh, Neil, uh, uh, Kevin, the Jack. All right, so, Coach, it wasn't 80,000 new IRS agents. It's 87,000. Oh, my, my, my math was off a bit. That's, yeah, it's going to make that department six times larger than any other federal department existing today, okay? They didn't, so put, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't hire, Kevin, I'm sorry, they didn't hire 87,000 Border agents today to, to, no, to lock down the border. No, 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 no. Okay, that's right. just no, curious. No, Go ahead. Can't have that. No, that's right. Uh, that that would be targeting the wrong people. So you're going to have eighty-seven thousand new. Now remember, this is now coinciding with all the ammo purchases that we saw last week. The IRS bought however many hundred thousand rounds of ammunition. Why do first off? Why do IRS agents carry guns? Why are they carrying guns? Why and why do they need all that ammo? But let that go. So what's, what they're going to use this for is to target their political enemies. Okay, that's you, that's me, that's anybody listening that's on the right. And this is how they're going to do it. They're going to start auditing people. Okay, now when you get audited, you can't just use your accountant. You have to hire a tax attorney. And then what does a tax attorney cost? Tens of thousands of dollars. This is how you bankrupt people in the middle class, okay? You mark my words. You watch how they weaponize this and how they use this to go after people. They're going to use it as a tool to go after anybody that speaks out against the regime. Amen. Amen. Jack, come on in. Yeah, just a, just a point of clarification. You are very, you are very careful about how you read the Constitution and Congress shall make no law and it shall not be infringed. It goes the same for the money, too. You and I can use any kind of money we want. We can trade in beans. Anything that anybody else will take is off is lawful for you to use. No state, no state shall make anything but gold or silver coin, tender and payment of debt, is how we were supposed to control the state spending. And then they devalued the that the currency, and so a, a an actual 35 cents in United States currency right now buys a gallon of gas, same as it did 40 years ago. 35 Amen. cents United States currency, not Federal Reserve notes. 
1913, which said, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private, and is redeemable in lawful money at any Federal Reserve Bank or the United States Treasury until Lincoln or until Nixon closed the gold window. Done. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so folks, I hope you understand what Jack just said, that a silver coin still will buy, it still will buy a gallon of gas, silver quarter, still buy a gallon of gas, probably more, right? So the currency is what's been impacted the most. That's a whole, whole different, I don't get, get trapped up on that. Jonathan, Jonathan, come on in. Hang on, hang on, Jonathan, before you do. Hang on, hang on. Here's really, um, this has to do with the jab. Uh, this has to do with a lot of things. They made the First Amendment the First Amendment for a reason. The Bible says, I'm sorry, the Constitution says that Congress shall make no law. Let me stop you there. Congress makes laws. Courts don't make law. Okay? Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Hang on, Jonathan, I'm coming. Can somebody explain to me real quickly? Let's let's have about a four-minute roundtable here. What does free exercise mean? Just come on in there. Somebody, somebody tell me, what does free, Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise of a religion. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise of religion. So some somebody, Joanne, what's, what would be, what's free exercise, Joanne? That, that means that we're able to worship the way we want. To. No matter what? Can, can Congress no do anything about that? No? No matter what's what. Mean? Yeah. Without Revelation, right. Without what's restraint. What's it mean? Revelation 2015, what's it mean? Practice. <laughs> exercising practice. A- exercising the practice of. Process, exercising. Free exercise. Free what, exercising what means to exercise and, and without any restraints or anything holding you. No restrictions. Free, free, free exercise means no restrictions, right? You're free to go wherever you want to. Yeah, you're free. You're free. Yeah, the cop pulls you over, he lets you go where you're free. You're free to go. You're free to go. You're free to go. Free to go. No restrictions. Nobody can stop you. So Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise of religion. Congress shall make no law. They can't make a law, all right? No law. They can't make any law. So what if I say I don't want to pay taxes? To kill babies. Can Congress make me do that? Of course they can't. Can Congress force me to pay taxes to teach homosexuality to children? Well, of course they can't. Can can Congress force me? Can Congress force me to pay taxes to give away free money to uh, Saudi Arabia? Well, of course they can't. Folks, I don't care. I don't care what the income tax law says. It violates First Amendment. But but look, it's the same, folks, look, it's the same thing that happened with the vaccines. Right? You have the free exercise of religion. They can't, they can't make you take a vaccine, but they did, didn't they? They did it everywhere. Why did they do it everywhere? Because our courts are so corrupted, see? Our courts and our, our courts and our prosecutors, folks, the judges and the prosecutors are the same team. You saw that, didn't you, Paul? The judges and the the judges and the prosecutors are on the same team. They're both on the government team, and then they come and get you. And you say, "Listen, it goes against the free exercise of my religion." Tells me I cannot support the killing of unborn children. I, I could run through a litany of things being done by our government that my religion bans me from supporting. Can somebody say Amen? Am I saying Amen? Boom. Amen. It doesn't hold up. In a, it doesn't hold up in a court of law because what? Because you go to a government judge and a government prosecutor. But it's you have no right to appeal. That's that's. Coach, can I do a cl- quick clarification? Um, sure. You're talking about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Those are clarifications of the Constitution after it was written in order to get it ratified. So it, those are amendments. The Constitution already laid out those things. But the amendments, the first 10 amendments, in order to ratify in 1789, had to be included 
because some of the states asked for them. So the amendments are clarifications <laughs> of the actual law. So folks are going to come around and they're going to tell you through inflation, tell you that the value of your house just went from 250000 to 400000 and you're over there honking like a goose. Yeah, boy, well, our house is worth more money. And then they come along and say, oh, your house is worth 400000 Why, you owe 1000 more on taxes. And, and the value of your home didn't go up at all, friends. The value of the dollar went down. The value of the, it is legalized. Remember, difference between legal and lawful. It's legalized thievery. It's legalized government-sanctioned thievery. It's correct. And uh, I, I listen. It's t- I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. I, if I was standing before an honest judge, an honest judge and an honest jury, I could say to them, uh, "I'm not going to pay any more taxes because they kill babies with it." Number one gives me the right. Boom! It's over. It's over, friends. The debate's over. It's a violation of the free exercise of my religious faith to be coerced to pay money to kill babies or to teach little children homosexuality. It's a violation of my God-given right. But the problem is we go to government courts, government judges, government prosecutors, right? The stack deck. Jonathan, I'll let you come in now. Okay. Uh, two things. Um, the Our Wake Forest just sent out the uh, vaccination requirements for fall. There, It's like nothing changed. So uh, one of the questions I have for Dr. Paul, it, what, what does he know about this bivalent booster that's supposed to help with um, the new variants and all that? I think it's a Moderna thing. And uh, the, fortunately, my son has a religious exemption, which they will honor. But all these kids that don't, uh, I think they're going to, they, I think they're only requiring one booster, but they're, if something new comes out, I think they're going to make them take it if they're, if they're not, if they don't have a religious exemption. So something that, that all parents of college age students are dealing with right now is well, the they, I, onslaught of this nonsense for, for our young, healthy children. And then the second thing is Myra, is she, is she not there? Well, like we would, I was just wondering why, why she didn't pray us in. Well, because I forgot her. Is she here? I got rolling. I got her on my list. I'm here. Myra. Oh, Myra, shame on me. I'll get you. I'll get you. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, yes. You caught me. Didn't, didn't do it on, didn't do it on, on purpose. Hang on a second there. I lost my train of thought. I was going to make a great point to Jonathan, and he just chunked me there, and I forgot what that great point was. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Dr. Paul, monkeypox. I guess the bottom line is it takes 10 or 12 years to get a vaccine. Do you think this one's going to be anything more than uh, dangerous again? No. So, I mean, and Paul, my take pox. is no vaccines till the government is crushed. Monkeypox, Paul, is a homo disease, is it not, Paul? <laughs> Isn't it a homosexual disease, monkeypox? Yeah, that's how you mm. transmit it. They're going to tell you you get it in the blood and you get it by close contact like they did with HIV. So don't fall for that crap either. Monkeypox, folks, is only spread through male-on-male sexual acts. Only way it's spread. Fudge pack, to- coach. What's that? Fudge I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing. It's uh, it's 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 a slur. I, I apologize. Well, yeah, that's all right. You got young children catching monkeypox, coach. Yes. Yeah. What does that tell you is going on? Yeah. How are they getting it? What does that tell you is going on, folks? Come on, Roger, and then Dale. Oh, I was just going to add that tax collection is at the highest it has ever been. More taxes than ever. More taxes than ever, and more spending than ever. So it's not just everything's going up. They're collecting more money, and they've showed no restraint, as you and I in our households with our budgets have to show. Spending is way up. So, folks, there's all kinds of religious reasons why you shouldn't have to. Not only are taxes illegal, there's all kinds of religious reasons why you shouldn't have to pay them. 
And I can show you where Jesus, well, I'll find out here in a second. Dale, come on in. Amen, brother. I see I see all that stuff. I knew about them wanting to hire them last year. And one of those things is they're getting set, from what I'm understanding, all that, that 501c3 stuff, brother. They're getting ready to begin to audit all these churches, man, who have just, you know, ruthlessly uh, did what they did to the people. So they got it coming back to them, these big corporation churches. Here's another thing here. I don't know if you realize, I watched some of that Alex Jones court case there, brother. Do you know the reason, one of the reasons why it went from $2 million to $47 million, brother? You better make sure you know who your attorney is. Did you hear that his attorney a- accidentally sent Alex Jones two yep. years of text messaging to the prosecuting attorney, brother? Where is the, where is the protection in that, brother? Right there. That was and and did he even tell Alex, hey, I want to let you know I accidentally made him? Nope, didn't say a word, brother. That <laughs> clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right. <laughs> It's, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, I watched some of that as well, Dale. I couldn't believe it, man. I, I couldn't shock it. Jack, come on in. I'm, I'm getting something ready. I want to show you something here. Yeah, just just real quick, guys. We've got to stop the mental, the mindset. We've got to get out of the mindset of asking for permission. You don't need permission to have a religious exemption. You have it. Demand it. Enforce it. Don't beg from these criminals. Stop begging for permission to live. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, well, it's it's a mindset, though, right? I'm gonna hey, listen, Spencer. I just sent you something. I want I want you to show everybody. I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. I got a thousand things I could talk to you about. But while we're on this, I want I want to drive this nail home, okay? <clears throat> because I'm going. Listen, do you think you're going to stand before the Lord? And he's going to ask you, why did you pay to murder unborn babies? And you're going to say, well, the government said I had to. Is that, is that, going, to, is that going to get you by, you think? Huh? The Bible says I have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Murdering babies is unfruitful. And it, Now, look, are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? This is Matthew 20, uh, 17, 24, I think it is. Matthew 17. When they came to Capernaum, they that received money, tribute money, tax collectors, came to Peter and said, Hey, the master pay taxes? Now, look, here we have the conflict again, right? Between Jesus, who is not a Roman citizen, he's a citizen of, he's under the authority of the Jews. That's where his authority structure lies, right? And he, and Matthew, Peter says, Well, yeah. He's a good law-abiding citizen. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus stopped him. said, hey, dude. Hey, Simon. What's wrong with you, dude? Of whom do the kings of the earth collect taxes? From their own children or from strangers? And Pete said, well, uh, strangers. Jesus said, yeah, that's right. Children are free. You see that, friends? You see that? Now look what else he says. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. He said, listen, I didn't come to die over taxes. So Jesus is saying, we don't have to pay him, but I didn't come here to die over taxes. So go down there and get one out of one of them fish. And you go ahead and pay him. It's very, very go to the Message Bible. What's the Message Bible say? I know you guys don't like. I just like the feel of the Message Bible. What's it say? Because we're going to have to deal with this, friends. When they arrived at Capernaum, the tax man came to Peter and said, "Hey, does your teacher pay taxes?" Peter said, "Sure, he does." But as soon as they were in the house, Jesus got a hold of it and grabbed him by the throat. Says, "Simon, what do you think? When a king levies taxes, who pays? The king's children or his subjects?" And he answered, "Well, his subjects." He says, that's right. <laughs> then the children get all free, right? <laughs> there it is, folks. And so we have this foreign company called the Internal Revenue Service that you're paying homage. We're all paying homage to and paying. It is the ultimate racket. Brett, come on in. Pennsylvania, Brett. Yeah, Coach. Peter feared the government. 
That's what it boils down to. He feared the Roman government. That's right. And that's where we are too, right? Amen. Uh, I hate to say it, but yep. Think, think of the money. Th- folks, think of the money they're dumping in the Ukraine. And you, they won't close our borders. They're closing the Ukrainian borders, but they won't close ours. There's something really, really nefarious there, isn't there? Mark Trump. Who do they have enforcing their taxes? Who does the tax collecting, Coach? You know who uh, does it? Co- the corporations. Well, I've got, yeah, corporations. The corporations take your money. The corporations give you your money and they take it away. The corporations are part of this circle of money. Amen. You know, and the government is overseeing it, getting a cut of it. Now, this is the, this is the European kingdom in America. The, the, the IRS are the tax collectors they'd send out. That's, that's uh, Mark. What, Mark, a tax collector? Yes, Matthew. Yes, Matthew. So Matthew, Matthew. Matthew is a tax collector, and that's the IRS of our day. It's, it's, a, it's the European kingdom here on earth. Amen, Mark. America, and so, here in America. And so, if they want to charge us taxes, it's the. Oh. It should not be withholding. What do you mean withholding? I don't know. I don't know where, where you guys where you guys live here in Ohio. I just got my property tax bill because we don't have a mortgage. We have to pay our bill. So every six months, they send me a bill. Say, there you go, Coach. Uh, Two thousand twenty, whatever. Here, you owe us this. Well. And they do that. I look at it and say, what? What, am I, what am I paying this money for? And then I look and it tells me I have to pay it for schools and the old timers. It lists everything the money's gone to. And I'm thinking, what am I paying all that stuff for? What if they did, what if they did that to your paycheck? At the end of the week, you had to write a check to the IRS rather than them taking it out of your check. Amen. They, they had to write a, you had to write a check every week. How long do you think this monkey business would continue, folks, when we realized it? Because when you ask somebody, how much money do you make? They always tell you how much they take home, don't they? They tell you what they take home. What a rocket. John, (laughs) go ahead, Jack. Uh, Mark, a clarification on the corptocracy. The Federal Reserve Bank is a private for-profit bank corporation. The IRS is the collection agency the corporate yeah. collection agency for the IRS for the yeah, for the Federal Reserve Corporation. They're a collection agency based home based yeah. address in in Puerto Rico. For goodness sakes, Amen. Well, well, I didn't mean to make this show so much about this, but this is, this is important stuff. Jonathan and Angie, go. Um, so my ancestors were Anabaptists uh, in Germany, and I was watching a movie at the beginning of called The Radicals. And it was showing the the Catholic Church was hunting down all these. Uh, well, at first it was their subjects. They didn't have enough money, so they kept taxing them. And if they didn't have any money, they would take their chickens, take their stuff. And it what what hit me was we're fighting the same beast. Yes, we are. It's not any different. So we have to look at it. We're protesters. The Protestant is a protester. I mean, I think it Amen. just comes from our bloodlines. You know, the reason that we've all gathered here today is that we are all of the same bloodlines coming out of Amen. Europe, coming out of the Catholic Church. You know, it's the same system. The Vatican gets a 15% cut on everything that happens. So yep. we, we have to recognize that this is, there's no new thing under the sun and we're going to win. Amen. We're going to win. Amen. Angie, and then I'm going to have Myra pray for the wrath of God come down on me. Go ahead. Go ahead, Angie. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, I just for another perspective on this whole IRS bill that you have, two things. If you had to write that check once a year on April 15th to encompass every single thing that you have had to pay for your IRS government <laughs> bill, that, you're right. That would be another method of shutting this down very quickly. The other part of that is is the first three months or four months out of the year, depending on what tax bracket you are in, is spent literally just working to pay your tax bill. So put yep. that in perspective. It's literally slavery. You, the first three months out of the year, you are working for your tax bill. Amen. So, so freedom of religion, right? Freedom of religion. You can't force you to pay taxes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got something else to share with you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Myra. 
Grayson, I'm sorry. I got rolling here today. No worries, Coach. Thank you, Jonathan Kinner. And it gets uh, before Exodus. We, um, the, Egypt, uh, the Israelites left Exodus. It got real bad. So that's where we're at. So um, the reading for today is John 3, 5 to 18. Jesus answered, Barely, barely, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is fresh, and that which is born of the spirit, spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound, therefore canst not tell where it cometh and where it goes. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answer and say unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answer and say unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Barely, barely, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen. Ye receive not our witness. If I have told you early things, and ye believeth not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believeth in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Holy Trinity, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Myra. That's a power. I could. That's an unbelievably powerful verse, folks. That is so deep. If we were to just go through and analyze this verse by verse, phrase by phrase, it is so deep. And that's one of the problems that we have in Christianity. And you guys know that I've said this before. In fact, I learned a lot of this from Mark Trump. We have to le- we have to read the Bible deep. We have to read it deeply. We can't just read it linearly. We just we just can't say, you know, we just can't say, well, I've read through the Bible 50 times. Well, good for you. How many times you dug deep? How many times you dug deep? I was out here the other yesterday, a uh, Saturday, building a pond, getting ready to build the pond, and he, uh, and Bob, the pond builder, comes over. He got this great big steam shovel. That's why I still call him. I don't know what they're in. What they call me more? And he digs down there, and a big old hole goes clump, clump, digs down there. And I said, "Man, Bob, how deep is that?" He says, "Oh, it's about 12, 14 feet." And I'm looking down at the dirt, and I realize how deep that dirt goes. You can keep digging and digging. Would you ever get to China? I don't know. By the way, Pelosi used that example. I don't know if you saw that or not. Dig deep, 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 deep. Folks, the word of God's the same way. Word of God. And sometimes I think we get trapped because we want to just say we've read through it. I, I read 12 chapters. But you did? It's funny. I was starting on John 3 and I couldn't get past the fifth, uh, fifth verse. I, got, I was digging deep on the fifth verse. And if we if we make it that we just want to get through it, oh, you're missing you're missing the nuggets. You're missing the nuggets. And as my as Myra was reading that, boy, my my uh, Holy Ghost meter was boom, boom, boom. I wanted to stop you about four different times, Myra, and say, wait a minute, what did he just say there? What did he just say there? What did what he just said? What if I told you earthly things and you believe not? How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Wait a minute. Is the difference between earthly things and heavenly things? What are heavenly things? 
What are heavenly things he could tell me about that I wouldn't believe? But I believe in earthly things. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Can I know heavenly things? Can I know them right now? See, friends, this is the way we should read the Bible. I'm just trying to get through it. Not another notch on our belt. I've read it 20 times now. Good. You still, still don't act like you ever read it once. <clears throat> Go on in, Dale. Brother, I've always shared it that way, and that is the, the scripture says this is study to show yourself approved. It doesn't say read to show yourself approved, but study. Most people are like the people out there on the ocean. They get their boogie boards and they're playing on top of the water. Those are called surfing scriptures. They just kind of surf through it. But, you know, to this day, the deeper that these people go into the ocean, the more life they find. You see, life is under the water. Until you get off your boogie board and put on some diving gear and get into the scripture, you're never going to see the beauty of the scripture. Amen. Amen, Dale. And here's part of the prompt. Well, I'll let, uh, no, let me, I'll go there now. We don't really understand the nature of Christ. We don't really understand. We we have, uh, we've humanized Jesus. We've humanized him. We've made him like us. And he wasn't. And he he came into this earthly realm and he lived through and with all the same things that we're living through and with. And yet was not impacted. My my wife and I were having this discussion last night. Be ye holy as I am holy. Or we're we're watching a a tape. It doesn't doesn't matter. And Jesus said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and earth. All power. One, the one power that we have yet to control is our carnal nature. It's the most difficult one of all to control your carnal, carnal nature. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That faith is evidence. Faith produces product. Faith does. But the battle that we have with our faith is we are constantly bombarded by the natural realm, our carnal mind. If God said that he can heal you, he can heal you. But why doesn't he? Because our carnal mind sometimes doesn't allow it to happen. We take the words of the doctor. We repeat what the doctor says. We repeat what our aunt said. We repeat what our grandma said about it. We repeat what our children say. Oh, he's gonna he's been sick, and I knew my aunt, she got sick. And and we, if it's possible, we neutralize the power of God with our unbelief. And the battle that we have in this world that we're in right now is to somehow allow the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to supersede what we can see and hear and think and read in our own natural condition. That is the greatest impediment to your Christian walk and my Christian walk, what I see, what I hear, and what I think. Those are the three greatest impediments to the power of God falling upon us. I I I don't know how you work your way through it. I don't know what we do, but that's it, boys and girls. That is the bottom line. Bible says God wishes that wills that none would perish. He wills that none would perish. But we know they do perish. Why? Well, because of what I just said. They can't get victory over their carnal nature. They can't block. Jesus said, take captive every thought. Some thoughts? No. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring it into captivity. You're going to live or you're going to die. What does the Bible say? What Jesus said? He says, I'm going to live. We ain't going to live then. But you got to internalize it and believe it. Not... <clears throat> yeah, we got so much to learn. I, I was thinking, I was thinking how much time I spent in church and how many people I know who spend in church who know nothing about spiritual things. And somebody say amen. I, I, I was in church my whole amen. life and knew nothing about spiritual things, nothing about them. And our church, I, that's where I was going to go today. I'll, I'm going to go there tomorrow. Denominationalism. People trapped in, dare I say it, trapped in unbelief, trapped in the church of unbelief, denominationalism. And people were beginning to wiggle their way out of that. That all power and authority has been given. What a thought. What a thought. All power and authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Go therefore. But Jesus said, the, the dichotomy, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Or... 
you asking this. You want a bunch of money for the wrong reason. That's asking amiss. Oh boy, if I just had a million dollars, I'd give I'd give a hundred thousand of it away. No, you won't. You don't give the ten dollars you have now. You don't give any, you don't even give that away. Why would you why would you say that, right? So when you, you ask amiss, you ask for the wrong reasons. I think that's true in so many parts of our parts of our world, parts of our life. And if you if your goal, your reason to ask is to glorify God, changes the whole perspective. It's a fight, man. This whole spiritual, this whole natural life in a spiritual war. It's tough, man. It's tough. See you tomorrow.